0: Mandela, that his people shall go free. Did you tell him they won't grow? Cellular so watch. Yes.
1: Good 20, We are joined by Onye Nwaneri, who's deputy CEO of Africa Tikkun. And uh, there will be a dialogue um, for the youth. And uh, this dialogue or debate is around South Africa. And the question they ask is, is South Africa fighting a skills shortage or a job shortage? Hmm. Very interesting one. Very interesting. Onye, thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. Good
2: morning.
1: Thank you for having me. And thank you to your listeners. Now, um, Africa Tukun, alongside other partners, are engaging on this um, really critical debate with young people. Tell us why this particular topic that you have chosen, South Africa, is it fighting for skill shortage or job shortage?
0: Uh,
2: We we are having this dialogue um, on many levels and fronts with different stakeholders because uh, we've recognized that um, we do have a a number of vacancies unfilled um, across the country in different sectors. If you look, for example, in the digital and ICT sector, we have 66,000 digital jobs uh, that are currently available and unfilled. We have 44, of that 66,000, 44,000 of them are entry-level jobs suitable for the youth. Um, also within that space, we have close to 28,000 digital and ICD jobs being outsourced to other countries in South Africa, uh, which amounts to $8.5 billion in lost export revenue. We know about vacancies that is in the public sector, uh, whether it's in terms of social workers, doctors, nurses. Um, across the country, there are vacancies, and yet we're talking about huge unemployment, although it's improved again in the recent quarterly labor force survey, but we're talking about huge unemployment, and, and it is mind-boggling that we have huge unemployment, and yet we have huge vacancies. Why aren't the people who are unemployed filling the vacancies? And and I think that's the big question um, that, 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 uh, in, that uh, sort of inspired the, the debate.
1: Who um, will be uh, joining this debate and how many um, of the young people joining it are coming from uh, diverse areas of our society?
2: So there are two levels of debates. Uh, the one debate is in terms of employers of labour and uh, the debate with employers of labour is to understand why we are unable to fill it and what can we do differently as a country um, to, to, to um, change the status quo. And then the second debate is with the youth themselves to understand, you know, what they can, they have to take some control in relation to their destiny. Um, and, and how do we coordinate and ensure collaboration within that within the youth market itself to change the status quo as well? Um, and, and we're looking at a, a third group, which is civil society, the training organizations themselves. There's already some work being done there. But across the three, you know, if we could get some form of Movement to change status quo, then it would be helpful. And also to mention um, the young, the type of young people we are looking at. Um, we are looking at graduates, we are looking at matriculants, and we are looking at young people from different and diverse communities, whether it is peri-urban communities or rural communities, um, or, or even um, urban communities as a whole. So it's a combination. Um, of different types of youth, but with a focus on on young people with vulnerabilities, especially from poor communities. Mm,
1: okay, so it's it there's a mix. Um, you it's are mix. bridging the gaps in terms of the the participants of this particular debate. Our 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 um, stats came out with regards to employment, but from your point of view, especially because you deal with a lot of young people at Africa Tech and. From your point of view, are we in need of more skills, or are we in need of more jobs? Citing the fact that in your space, in the ITCs um, industry, there are so many available jobs.
2: Yeah, um, I think <laughs> I think it's a it's a it's a bit of both. Um, we the, the 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 conversation from our side is that um, we we need to fill the existing jobs. Um, because there is a current, the feedback we're getting from employers is there's a massive mismatch of the skills being trained and what the job requirements are. And that mismatch, um, as long as it's it's there, creates this trust on the quality of skills being developed. So if if you want to ask a black and white question, I don't think we're in need of more skills. I think we're in need of improving the level of skills that we're currently developing, almost an average young person that you speak to has been to an NGO or a training organization or has a degree, and yet they're unable to access jobs, and the question is why. Mm -hmm. And the reason is predominantly uh, because they're coming out of um, um, formal educational institutions and trainings, but yet they don't have the requisite competence and capabilities that corporate ones or the hiring industries, whatever they may be, whatever sector, because we work across sectors. We work in seven sectors, agriculture, ICT, hospitality and tourism, uh, within the education sector and and welfare sector. And and even in the green economy sector, what the predominant conversation is, we're struggling with the level of skills. So it's about the level and the quality of skills and the standard of skills required not necessarily the skills themselves because a lot of young people are coming out with those skills but it doesn't create trust on the alternative if I also want to mention I also think that the, that the that um, that the hiring sector may also be living in a lofty um expectation that lofty expectation is that we want our skill basis to be um say for example a 15 and yet you know what we have is a 10 we want to hire from the top 5 6 universities against a country that has a high youth unemployment you know close to 70% and so they are, we you know we want far more qualifications and yet the world we admit that the world is evolving continuously and the skills of, as we know it yesterday is no longer going to be relevant today and into tomorrow and so i think that there is also a conversation with our hr divisions of different uh, employers to say what we want You know, it can be better and we need to create standards that enable us to have trust. But at the same time, given our realities as a country, we have a moral responsibility and an obligation to look at our hiring um, qualifying criteria differently.
1: Yeah, the hiring criteria. So you'd see um, an entry level um, opportunity. Have uh, advertised, and that entry-level opportunity would require some sort of work experience. Now, exactly. it boggles my mind how we get there, <laughs> uh, that you're <laughs> expecting a recent graduate to have work experience in that particular field, um, especially if it's a, a, tech, um, a specialized field. How did we get there? How can we not just have opportunities that are open to recent graduates so that they can acquire that particular experience and skill
2: that's precisely you know um the point that we we're we're making in in relation to this um um, our concern is that you want people to have work experience but without uh jobs if you don't give them an opportunity how are they going to gain that experience um it's not it's 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 an utopia and 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 I think there are two things we see in in, in uh, with employers. One is they have unrealistic expectations. Um, secondly, and I think there is also a challenge that when they even take interns, they don't have enough capacity, managerial capacity, to help build those experiences, even when the internships are created. And again, I'm generalizing here because I do know some corporates and employers who do exceptional work um, um, in terms of that. But for the most part, interns also complain that they go to companies and they make tea and coffee because the managers don't have the time to teach them. There's, there's, mm-hmm. We don't have a strong, what I would call, apprenticeship culture. Uh, where there is an intention to say we want to groom people, even though they come in with not the right skills or experience that we need. And then the third aspect of it is is because of the low growth in the economy. At the end of 12 months, we do all these programs that we we at the end of 12 months, we're not effectively absorbing them so that they can gain the second year level skills. They can gain the third year level skills across the organization um, and then become more valuable, not just for you, but also possibly for somebody else, uh, which helps grow the
1: country. Yeah. And how do we address the skills issue? Because if skills shortage is our major challenge and not necessarily job shortage, we need to address this issue.
2: So um, we have jobs, we have vacancies. So I do want to say that, yes, we have I think we need to look at this differently. The way we look at it is we have jobs and we have vacancies. And the question is, if we have vacancies, how do we fill those vacancies quickly? What is the middle ground that we have? All these thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of vacancies that are unfilled. We need to fill it with people who uh, can be supported to do the job, and for which the criteria can be looked at differently. And then, with regards to to the mismatched skills, which is the the bigger problem that young people are being trained, um, but but they don't have the level of skills that that uh, that South African companies or employers want is by certain standards. We currently have thousands, if not tens of thousands of training organizations who are doing their best to train, but against an undefined criteria. It would be great if, for example, each sector came out and said, these are the clear job roles in our sector. And if these are the clear job roles in our sector, what are the defining criteria for training organizations to train to what we need? So that there is a lot more focus when it comes to training. The third solution is that we need to recognize that formal educational qualification may be relevant in certain industries. For example, being a medical doctor, you don't want a doctor that is unqualified to train you. But in certain industry, we've gone into the gig economy, we've gone into micro-credentialing, we've gone into, you know, where you don't even need a formal education to be able to do a job. And so we need to relook the criteria around formal education and focus on, you know, if this person without a formal education can The job, then why not? And I think it's relooking how we define a skill set, especially from a CV point of view. And then finally, we need collaboration and coordination. We're still living in a country where we compete against ourselves as opposed to where we can collaborate, where we can coordinate in order to move our country forward. Until we change that and we're still playing our own games and our own agenda and our own objective, for our own glorifications, we're not going to be able to see the kind of movement we need.
1: Mm. Let me go to a voice note from one of our A-teamers.
0: Good morning, good morning Ask Patricia, and good morning to your guests, Fred the Tracker here in KZN. Ask Patricia, you know, I don't know what happened to those trainings whereby, you know, you train someone on the job, you show them how it's done. Now the the youth are not employed, we have got people coming on radio announcing jobs that need five years, ten years experience. Young people are coming from school, where did they get ten years experience? you come to the truck industry they tell you about 5 years experience where did they get 5 years experience they are coming from the driving school you train them on the job you drive with them you show them the roads this road is going downhill you engage your downhill but if you don't train the people and you say you know we need experience then we are going to have a problem like a skills shortages you know i was trained i was shown the roads I did cross-border, I was shown how it's done, go to home affairs, apply for my passport, cross the border, see how it's done, how the paperwork is done. Yeah, yeah my, my experience cross-border driver, now I'm doing local, I'm now choosy now. I'm now choosing, I choose what I want to do. I want to work local, I want to do Cape Town, I want to do Durban. that's it. But sometimes you hear a lot of people coming on radio telling us about jobs that are already filled just for the sake of advertising them to say we have advertised a job even on radio. But they have already put their people there. Hey. Good morning, everybody. Hey.
1: Good morning, Freddie. Hey. <laughs> I hear you, Freddie. I hear you. Um, and yes, the, 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 there are people who are skilled and have years of experience. And those jobs are, are relevant for them. But we also need you know, the opportunities, like you're saying, where young people are, are able to gain the skill because gaining the skill is the secret of uh, securing yourself a good job or even starting a business because you can't really be confident in any business unless you've got experience in it. Um, yeah. Sure, it's, it's a difficult one, Onye. I mean, you've heard what uh, Freddie's saying.
2: An absolute difficult one. Um, Freddie is very correct. Um, I think uh, our, our suggestion as Africa Ticon is that um, we need to uh, go back to the concept of apprenticeship in every single one of our sectors. And we may think apprenticeship is just uh, a conversation that speaks to you know um, the artisan space. But the concept of apprenticeship is saying that someone has gained knowledge and a skill, but but have not done it enough to have the confidence to do it as with the expertise that perhaps we want to see uh, that builds confidence. Um, um, I, every sector, if we could look at an apprenticeship that says um, when someone gains a skill or completes a qualification, that will give them not one year, two to three years in our organization. And if we like them, we absorb them. If not, they are very well-groomed to be able to go out into the sector and get a job. So so I definitely agree that an apprenticeship approach um, that that supports a, a grooming experience uh, is the right way to go.
1: What is it that you are doing at Africa Tikkun um, as an organization to aid the uh, skills shortage?
2: From, from, from our side, uh, we look at our vision is to enable young people to become economically empowered. And the problem we want to solve is youth unemployment because we know it's one of the biggest issues in the country. Um, or how we solve it is that we, we have a rigorous recruitment and assessment process to make sure that we recruit uh, young people who are interested in changing their own lives and who wants to be the architects of their own destiny. Uh, Once we've recruited them, we then put them through various skilling programmes. Um, uh, with the foundational skill being a work readiness, job readiness uh, program. And then from there, we then transition them into different sectors. Like I mentioned, we train young people in about seven sectors, from ICT to agriculture, to green economy, including renewable energy, to hospitality, to retail, to within our sector, which is the the education and welfare sector. And once we've trained and skilled and certified them, including graduates, because graduates come out with qualifications but still don't have the skill can't access the economy so we have a mix of graduates and matriculants with the emphasis on matriculants and and the lower emphasis on people who don't have matriculants then we transition them into placement programs we start off with a work experience program Um, e, um our ideal work experience program is a six to tw- 12 months ideally Um, uh, Program Most of our our work experience is 12 months, and if we can do more than that, we advocate for that with our employers. And while they are doing that work experience program, we engage vigorously uh, with employers to ask what are they creating value to check that they are not just making coffee and tea, that they're actually adding value and that they are gaining the experience for which the, the, the quality work experience for which they are placed in those companies. And our intention is to get absorption that if those young people create enough value, are allowed and given the opportunity to do so, um, then the possibility is that if there's growth in that company, they have already passed probation. So by month 12, we start looking for either a further fixed-term contract or a permanent employment or an opportunity to go into entrepreneurship for that young person. And if that company is not giving us that, then we would look, Also, to say start saying to the young person, this company is not going to hire you for whatever the reason is, let's start looking elsewhere. So ultimately, our big interest as Africa economy is not to train, it's not the skills is important, but the transition into the economy is equally more important uh, for us, which is why we target 85% of those who are trained um, to go into employment or self-employment opportunities. And then finally, we also recognize uh, within that environment that there's limited for more jobs. So how do we young, help young people to become job creators in the entrepreneurship space? We are we every year incubate a hundred young people to start their own businesses, and um, within you know our credit to career framework. And with that, we're able to start getting young people to look at what are the problems in our society, how do we convert it to opportunities, and how do we commercialize it. And we've seen young people who have done amazing things, we've seen young people who have started businesses that are now turning 4 million, 5 million, who are now creating 10 to 15 jobs. And our ultimate interest when we started was, let's just get young people to start businesses, to replace that income they would have earned in the formal employment. Well, that was our interest, because if we have enough young people solving problems and earning an income through solving problems and help to do so, then we will start reducing employment in a real way. It's not been easy but it's a step in the right direction. And hence our argument that we, we, we have a skills shortage, but more importantly, we, 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 we actually have opportunities. If you look at South Africa, we have huge socioeconomic challenges. Those are opportunities. You know, why are we not exploiting them as young people, as people who are unemployed? You know We need to exploit more of that. We have vacancies. Why are we not filling all of those vacancies? And so it's easy to look at what the problems are, but it's equally important to look at what are the opportunities and how do we leverage it. And we can do this if we collaborate, if we coordinate and if we start looking at things differently.
1: Wow. Yeah, um, I, I just so wish that there'd be more will from business and from uh, government in terms of implementation of um, such strategies to ensure skills shortage is no longer an issue. And that would then mean more entrepreneurs from young people. It will also mean that more young people can be absorbed into the corporate chain. Thank you so very much for joining us, Onye. How can people be in touch with Africa Tikkun and especially those who want to form part of this critical debate?
2: Uh, you can reach us on um, 011-325-5914 or you can also go to our website www.africaticon.org. We also and on on Twitter on social on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, all of the social media, and and basically you will find us if you go to at Africaticon or Africaticon Services. And we look, we, we really believe that the challenge we have can be solved. It's not insurmountable. And if we work together, everyone, including the young people themselves, we can change South Africa and we can make it better.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much.